0: It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth, presented by Core Water. Hey guys, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth along with Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producing the show. It's got a, I mean, it's it's great, right? We got to thank our uh, presenting sponsor, the fine folks over at Core Water. Hydrate with core.com. I love Core Water. pH balanced perfectly to match your body's natural pH of 7.4. Hydrate quickly with the big giant hole. It's the the suck hole as I like to call it, the one the big blue cap that's core water, anywhere water is sold, hydrate with for more information. Mike, how are you, my friend? Well, you know, I'm married, you're married. We yeah. guys out there listening, you know, we, we, we love our wives, our significant others. But I, I I found myself this week wishing that there was only something in my life that I could look at with the same feelings that I've heard Bronco defensive players talk about Vic Fangio's defense this week. Did Did you hear some of this oh stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Will Park's safety said, this is secondary heaven. Right. Derek Wolf, defensive lineman, said, I was born to play in this defense. Mm-hmm. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's it's like straight Maverick and Goose, man. Yeah, it is. I mean, people are in love with Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio's defense, and talking about oh, you know the the principles and to keep it simple, stupid, and you know it's disguise, and we've all got to be on the same page, and this that. Yeah, I mean, some hyperbole might. I mean that like when I when even late in my career. You know, you'd walk into training camp or whatever, and the reporters, guys like you, would ask, hey, how you feeling? How you, oh, man, I've never been better, man. I'm healthy. I feel great. And deep down inside, I knew I felt like crap, right? I'm mean, like, holy, how am I going to make it through this? Like, you know that. So there's a bit of that bravado, bit of that, hey, this is great. You know, it's new. It's always fun when it's new because there's new terminology. There's some new concepts. There's some things maybe you haven't done in the past. Um, so I think that's always an important aspect of it and and when you've done the same offense or the same defense year in year out and you kind of go through it, you know, you, you kind of you can almost coast a little bit. Like it doesn't take as much mental acuity. You know, you don't have to pay as close attention. So you just kind of go through the motions. But when it's new and there's new techniques and there's new, you know, places you want to line up and a few new things that you're doing, um it's kind of refreshing, Mike. It's exciting. You know, it's, it's something that because of that newness is you're a little bit more locked in. So I think that's part of the, call it the hyperbole, right, of, of how excited guys are. Of course, you know this as well as anybody. If the Broncos end up being a playoff contender and, you know, and getting into the playoffs, winning their division or getting in the wild card, winning, a, a, a you know, maybe a wild card playoff game, then all of a sudden you know what's going to happen owners are going to be like, hey, we don't need these young guys. You know, We don't need the next Sean McVay. Now we need Vic Fangio. Serious. Adult. You know, death by inches. Old school. Uh, old school. We need that to, to coach these players up and get them all on the same page and change the culture, you know. It's- Why is the NFL such a copycat league? I mean, I, I know that a lot of pro sports, are, it's copycat, but it seems like the NFL is spineless when it comes to like. Y- yes, it's it's more copycat than any of the major professional leagues. And you would think a league that is undisputed as the king would have more of that, I don't know sort of swagger to sit back and go hey 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 I don't I don't need to all of a sudden do what they're doing you know we're good but it just seems like the NFL is like whoo hoo shiny new toy right. let me have one of those yeah I it it is you know it's it's funny because the owners see a trend they see a team like the Rams that turn themselves kind of quote-unquote around got rid of an old school guy and Jeff Fisher bringing in Sean McVay. now talking to their Talking to the GM of the Rams, you know, they were like, initially, they were like, gosh, we we feel like he needs another year of coaching, but he's such a dynamic personality. When they interviewed him, you know, they brought Sean McVay in. Les Snead told me, it like, like, we were thinking he probably needs another year, but like he is so freaking dynamic and he's so unbelievable when you talk to him, they're like, we can't miss out on him. So hell, we'll... We'll get him a year early and let him figure it out. And one of the things that Sean McVay told me is when he put his staff together, one of the most important hires was the very first hire, and that was Wade Phillips. He said, I need somebody who's done this. I need somebody who's been a head coach, who's been in this league for a long time, somebody that has that gravitas, you know, somebody that has that that kind of um, he's been there for so long that I can lean on him in the things that I don't know. That was the most important hire he made. But everybody sees the success that that Sean McVay has, and instantly they're like, "Oh, that's we we need you know a young, dynamic coach who can relate to the players." And you know, ultimately, like I, I've always said this: you can either communicate or you can't. I don't care what age you are; you either communicate with the players. If you if players feel like that, you will help them become a better player, and that you really care about them being a better player. They they don't mind if you cuss them out. They don't mind if you're, br- like, brutally honest with them. They, as a matter of fact, they prefer that you be brutally honest with them. If they know what you're doing is helping them become the best players that they can be, they will thrive in that environment. Even with a guy that, you know, cusses you out. The, the guy that, you know, gets after you. Like um, Greg Williams. We all know Greg Williams from being a defensive coordinator for a long time, he was the interim head coach of the Cleveland Browns last year. Um, this guy is, you know, the bounty gate defensive coordinator for the Saints who got suspended and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, we know how he talks and he's in people's faces and he's, you know, cussing people out and he's, you know, he's got the funny cliche stuff and all those things. I mean, he's a guy that, that one guys really like playing for even though he's kind of a hard ass and even though he does those things he told me i sat down with him he said you know we we're, we're just talking about his connection with players and he said on father's day you know i got 400 text messages from former players like i understand that in many cases you know in many scenarios i become kind of that surrogate father and like even though greg williams will cuss you out and get after you and and call you names and and you know, try to embarrass you and stuff players ultimately know that he loves them and he wants them to be the best players that they can be. And yeah, I think that's I think that's an important aspect of it and, and it doesn't age-wise doesn't matter. New school, old school, you know it was evident this week OTA week around the league is coaches self-inflated view of themselves and what they're doing here in May. Like you had Vic Fangio Talking about Chris Harris and saying, well, you know, you know, it would have been good if he could have been here. You know, he's got to pick up the defense. He's got to learn the system. He's got to get in football shape. Mm-hmm. Conveniently forgetting that these teams let the players go away for the next six weeks here and coming up pretty soon. But it's important you'll be in football right. shape right now. Right. And then you had Freddie Kitchens, new school, right? New coach of the Cleveland Browns saying, well, Odell Beckham Jr., Falling behind, missing out on a right. lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, Mark. It, it, yeah, I, I, what is it with these NFL coaches who like to perpetuate the the myth, the 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 stereotype that, hey, I need a comfortable couch in my office because I'm going to be sleeping here a lot of nights. You know, I I got a lot of work to get done. Yeah, I mean, come on, is it is it? Well, part of it. Why though, do they take themselves so seriously? Part of it, though, Mike, is that. Part of it is is. Like other teams are doing it, so if you don't have success, it's going to be because you're going to get fired because well you weren't in here till two a.m. where other staffs were, so that's why they're winning and we're not, and you're getting fired over it. So it it's essentially it's keeping up with the Joneses, you know, it's keeping up with the other NFL teams that are grinding. That's one of the things that I love about Bruce Arians. You talk to anybody who's coached for Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is got that like my college career. If you don't know by midnight, it's not worth knowing. Bruce Arians is like, hey man, if we can't get that in by ten PM, then like then we're not very good. So everybody goes home at ten. Um and that, that's how he coaches his team. By the way, he's like, you're not missing one of your if you're a coach, you're not missing one of your kids' games or your daughter's recitals or you know, like you, we'll we'll survive one day without you coaching for the recital. Like, stop it. He's, it, there's a more humanistic approach to it and I think the guys really enjoy not only coaching for Bruce Arians but I think guys enjoy playing for Bruce Arians. And so you know it'll be interesting to see you have that kind of old school presence back um on the sidelines with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that'll be that'll be exciting but yeah it, it is I mean the, the whole thing is the whole thing is the, the copycat nature of this league is is incredible and you know, I like the six-week vacation before you go to training camp. Like that is that's asinine, right? The only time, the only way you get in shape for playing football is by playing football, Mike. And we've taken in the off season, we've taken most of that out. Like I think the biggest thing about the off-season conditioning program is just being together. Like, it's, it's far more, because you're not allowed to touch each other anymore, you know, when you run routes, you can't hit each other, you can't touch each other, you can't, you know, you, one-on-ones, it's all a walkthrough, there's no, there's no real physical nature to it, so I don't know really how much football, like, how much football shape you're building when you're doing this, I don't think a whole lot. Um, but I think it's the camaraderie, it's getting to know each other, it's hanging out together, it's lifting together, it's working out together. I think that part is the important part. Well, apparently some some guys will take this seriously enough, so much so that Jason Witten came out this week and said he had, he had to order, or excuse me, Jason Garrett had to come out and order Jason Witten to to take a day off right during these voluntary OTAs. I mean, right, he was working yeah, so hard Whitten's his hair on, was falling Oh, out. geez. <laughs> All right. Well, you you're taking me down the rabbit hole. So, is that hair? Is that just plugs that will sweat out very easily? Was that maybe even like the LeBron marker that he uses to make it look like he's got more hair? Topic, the fibrous, the fibrous stuff you you pour all over that. Whatever it was, fibrous it was. stuff or just seriously? Is it just a a, a magic marker? No, the the, the, mean, top, is the topic stuff is like this, like the like this fibrous junk that clings to the little shreds of hair you have that makes it look full and you know it's yeah that's what that's what that is that's what Witten had I don't, I have no idea I mean whatever it was what, it wasn't it's got to be gone by now right yeah I don't think it was authentic I I, I mean, mean is it safe to say like after an OTA practice he takes a sweaty helmet off and like as he walks to the shower there's just like a trail of hair follicles behind him whoa we just took out a out picture. Here's what it looks like. All right. What? There he is now. Can you see it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Like a month ago. Wow, what yeah. did he... What did he have on top of his head? What did he head? have for... No wonder he couldn't speak. He, Jeff, he was laying you, him down. Can you... Can you... <laughs> Holy Moses. Send out maybe, you know, on Mark's Twitter or... <laughs> yeah, I'll use his Twitter. <laughs> no, seriously. Or... or no, I mean, but you got to put a side-by-side of him, the lettuce he had in the booth in the booth versus what he is now. Wow. Booth lettuce. I'll tell you what, whatever his booth lettuce was, that was a strong booth lettuce game. Do you think he had multiple people there to administer the, the booth lettuce? Like while the game was going on to maintain it? He had to have his own team. He's like a landscaping crew. Wow. Hey, the weed whacker props, man. Cause what he looks like now is a far cry. He should have just gone with the, listen, dude, you're bald or you, you've lost your hair. It's all right. He like went from whatever you, whatever images you have of Jason Witten in the Monday night football booth. Just now start thinking about Rich Eisen. Yeah, it's and that's it's, what it is. By the way, your because hair herchizing. is your hair is wispy, but you would yeah. never go. You'd never go like well, once it goes, you're just gonna let well, it. go, Well, see, right? I had I had a medical hair transplant about ten years ago. Excuse me. No, seriously, where they they this no, true. this is true. Okay, mm-hmm. so what really? they do is they take no, no seriously for guys out there thinking about it. They, it worked. The Hoff right. will back it up. Okay, yeah. so where I was about ten years ago, it was going. I mean, it was going. Right. Fast, right? Okay, and so I, you, I got the medical hair transplant where you literally take hairs like the from Bosley they, Clinic or something they, like that, where yeah. they like they take it from the back of your your where your hair is most like full in the back of your head, uh-huh. and they literally like plant it into like hundreds of holes on your forehead, and it it took. Now listen, I don't, I'm not saying I have a did, glorious mane, but trust me. Did it hurt? No. It just took a while to kind of grow in, but once it grew in, it was permanent hair. They So they numb up your head. Numb up your head. And then they start planting... It all around your forehead. Do you have to like fertilize? and? It's like fertilizing, you know, put mm-hmm. a little. Right. And then after you about. after out in the sunshine. So after about two weeks, all of a sudden it starts to come in like a little, like, you know, when new grass comes in, <laughs> you, you like a little fuzz? Oh shit, there's a dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You, you got to get, get some... a little weed control in here. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> little Scott, But seriously. Like a little feet. But a little fertile. It started a little fuzz. A right. little fuzz. And then. So listen, it's still. I mean, I still got a five head or four head. So your hair is trust that me whispy? without without what I did it'd be a full bone six head right now. So it was that wispy right now with the yes. hair transplant. Yes, holy Moses! But let me tell you, looks good. I'd though. have been no, doing I'm the full, I'd you. have been doing the full Witten if it do the Witten. You think Witten's... see <laughs> how, how do you how do you do that? How do you dry, how do you pull me off this stuff? <laughs> what, what are you expecting from Whitten? The What's... player. Oh, the player, the player. Oh, I expect Witten have a you know Witten to be Witten. I mean, he hasn't relied on you know on supreme athleticism to get open pretty much ever. Um, he just has a great understanding of the game, a great understanding of of you know leverage of how to get open. He's just always open. I'm expecting like if I set one. When Witten walked, he was still one of the great edge presence blockers. He was still a great, you know, motion out of the backfield lead blocker. He was he did all those things well. So, he was he's always been really good at that. But like Witten, I'd be surprised if he didn't have 50 plus catches. If I had to put an over under at 50, I'd say I I'd take the over. Like he's going to be the primary outlet guy. Um you know, he's going to be a third-down conversion, move-the-chains-on-third-down-and-four guy. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. And I would expect that Dak Prescott would love or is going to love having his quote-unquote security blanket back. Um, yeah, so I'd be shocked if he didn't have 50-plus cash. All right, so with Witten coming back, yeah, do you anticipate that Rob Gronkowski will get the same pull, feel the same pull, and will— To come back? To come back. Absolutely. This year? I I fully expect Rob Gronkowski to play in the NFL again this year. This year, okay. I I, like I would be more shocked. I would be more shocked if he didn't come back this year. Like I'm expecting all of a sudden him to show up week four, practice for a couple of weeks and and be ready to go for the, you know, for the final ten games of the season. That's kind of my expectation for Rob Gronkowski. Okay. All right. Um Speaking of the Patriots, NFL.com put together a list of the nine teams that they think are capable of dethroning the Patriots. So I'll, I'll, I'll put the NFC see, NFC teams aside for a second because obviously that would only happen in a Super Bowl. I'm more interested in the AFC teams that you think are capable of dethroning the Patriots. Now they only came up with four. They came up with four. Just four. Okay. Care to guess who the four were? Yeah, I'll come. I, I'd say. Kansas City Mahomes. Yep. Say the Chargers cuz mm-hmm. of Rivers and and you know and, and their defense and what they're doing. Yep. Um two other AFC teams. The Colts, correct? Andrew Love, it's all quarterbacks, right? Uh and then I would say let me see the Colts would be the only team I would probably say in the in the south. So, in the, okay, that we have the two West teams, nobody from their own division, even though they have a bunch of Hall of Fame quarterbacks in their division, right? Yep. All of them. All of them. Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, you know. Also ran. To be deterred. Yeah. To be determined. Um, I... And I would say the Steelers would be the, my fourth team. Cleveland Browns. Oh, gosh. Hey, come, oh, come on. Everyone's on the Browns bandwagon. Oh, yeah. Everybody's on the – like, doesn't it already feel like – doesn't it already feel like with Freddie Kitchens, like calling out OBJ and OBJ, you know, posting – I think it was him that was posting the uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know, Rolls Royce that he picked up. It's all kind of Cleveland orange. Um I mean, don't you feel like that's already potential? I just think it's a, I think it's much harder to deal with success as a human in general. When you have success, it's easy to be sated by that success and feel pretty good about yourself. And I just feel like Cleveland, I mean, we have— Too much too soon. Doesn't well, it, it just feel it like too much feel too like soon? We're going to be the Patriots of, you know, we're going to be the new Patriots. And it just the, all the hype and— you know, Super Bowl or bust, and all this stuff—it just feels like they're in for a letdown. That was what it feels like to me. I would. It's so typical, though. Oh, it's the Cleveland Browns, right? They've got all these shiny new toys. I, like, but I'm why gonna... the fascination to crown the Browns? Like, you know, in our in our business, we see it. You know, get get as many clicks as you can for the cowboys and the patriots Mm -hmm. and the lakers and you know it's why whenever you turn on the national shows you're bombarded with the same teams over and over again Mm -hmm. why the browns what's is it what's the mystique of the browns there has to be something that somebody who markets this stuff and organizes this stuff says people want to hear about the browns yeah well um, one baker mayfield Baker Mayfield brings a huge following with him from Oklahoma. Um, The fact that he won the Heisman, the fact that he played really good, you know, really good football for them last year when he became the starting quarterback. Then you put in two of the, you know, two of the top flight receivers in this league, um, you know, with Landry just being a possession catch the ball make plays do the dirty work obj being you know the the former college teammates obj being one of the most gifted athletes we've ever seen they have a a, an unbelievably gifted athlete tied in, in 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 joku um you know running back with with you know the Chub that they drafted last year, and they've got um, the cat from Kansas City, uh, Kareem Hunt. Now, I mean, but like, it's got to go deeper than that. I know what you're getting at. That's one There's just a ton of talent. But there's also, I think, there's a certain mystique about the Browns. You know, the dog pound back in the day. Sure, and the, you know the, the that huge finally, sprawling stadium right, by they finally, Lake Erie. Right. And they finally figure. They finally feel like they figured it out. Like it's you know it's their time. And because they've been so bad, you know, a factory of sadness for so, so long, the idea that maybe just the idea that a franchise that can be seemingly as down and out and pathetic and no hope forever as the Browns suddenly have a chance, it becomes a fascinating story. It does if the Browns can do it, right? Then anybody can do it, right? I just remember I remember Years ago, when Detroit kind of finally broke through and made the playoffs, remember they had the 0 16 season, and they get Stafford, they finally break through, they make the playoffs, they go like 10 and 6. And the next year, you know, everybody's high on the on the Detroit lines, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, let's let's settle down. This is a this is a franchise that's never had that kind of success. How do you deal with having some success? Right? Does, is it buying Rolls Royces and and you know and and talking about how you're the next Patriots or is it, hey, let's put our nose back to the grindstone. And the following season, you know, they fell out of playoff contention. I think they won five or six games. And, and you know, even though you're a talented football team, um, I don't know that you're ready for prime time. And I don't know that you're dealing with your success very well. And so, and, and remember, all this success, all this, oh, the Cleveland Browns are going to go, like, they still won seven games last year. Right, they were still under five hundred. So, um I know everybody's hyped about them, but I'm like, pump your brakes, we'll see. So there's four in the you said there was five total? Four, yeah, four in the uh, AFC, five um, in the NFC. Five in the NFC. You you have those Okay, it's obvious the same. you got the Rams. The Rams, the Saints. I would I would assume you'd have to put in say the Rams, the Saints, the Seahawks. You put the Seahawks in. Well, would you? I mean well, I Cowboys, how about them Yeah. How about them Cowboys? Rams, Eagles, Eagles, Packers, Packers, Bears, Grr. Bears. I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't, don't buy the Bears. I don't buy Mitch Trubisky yet. Yeah, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna stumble a little bit. Novik Fangio, Cowboys. Is that just clickbait? Putting the Cowboys in that list. Is that just clickbait? Cowboys theoretically should be pretty damn good. I mean, I think all three layers of their defense are good. Offensive line can play. They're getting Travis Frederick back. I mean, I guess in order to say teams that can dethrone the Patriots, first of all, it's got to be the teams that you absolutely believe are NFC championship caliber. Okay? Because unless you get to the championship game, you're not going to the Super Bowl to dethrone the Patriots. So right. you got to tell me who do you think absolutely are the legitimate NFC championship team contenders, teams that you would not be surprised at all if they're playing in the NFC championship game. So, so suddenly would you start to include mm. the Cowboys, the Bears, the no. Eagles, uh, Packers, and Rams? I think Rams, Saints, Packers wouldn't surprise me. Packers, Okay. I'd be surprised by the Bears, Mm -hmm. a little bit by the Eagles, just because, you know, Carson Wentz, the jury's still out because of the injuries and things of that nature. Um, So I would would probably put those three teams, Packers, Saints. Saints, Rams. Okay. I'd leave the other two out. Okay. But anyhow, that's just me. Okay. Should be fun. Yeah. We're less than 100 days away from the start of the season. I know. How about that?
1: Countdown begins.
0: Countdown begins. Bears, Packers, right? Kick it off on a Thursday night. Celebrating 100 years of football. 100 years of football. And nobody's played more games than those two. It's going to be great. Hey, man, for everybody involved in the Stink Truth podcast, thanks so much for listening. I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, the fine folks at Core Water. Check them out. Hydratewithcore.com. And hey, listen, man, we'll be back at the. Oh, no, we'll be back next week. This is the end of the week. <laughs> I got confused. We'll be back next week. With a little more Stinking Truth podcast.